Welcome to another episode of Competitive Edge for League of Legends. Now, because LEC is off, we do not have the most matches to talk about this week. And frankly, while we're in still the mid-table of LPL playoffs, I am not an, uh, an expert on all of the teams in the LPL, so I would not feel comfortable giving you guys advice or previewing a lot of these matches. Uh, obviously, you can check out Dom's video on his channel. Uh, really good for some of that stuff if you guys want to see his LPL playoff preview. But this show you is... think, by the way, LPL is the hardest to predict because unlike yes. every other region, you can't even do things like go on placing because it's the ultimate region for playing style. So unfortunately, if you don't know the style, number one might be hard counted by number three. Like that can happen in that region. So I think it's the hardest in the whole world to predict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tough. So this show, as usual, is brought to you by esportsbet.io. We are going to have a promotion going for the summer playoffs, guys. So that means that starting now, uh, there are going to be some stakes for us when it comes to betting. Esportsbet has given us a hundred thousand dollars in usdt it's a lot of money uh and we're gonna release a video soon talking about the milestones and how we're gonna win prizes for you guys if we do well or get punished if we uh if we lose so uh we're not doing great uh considering that kt lost to dom one kia last night that would have been the first prediction of the summer playoffs the odds were like 2.5 for kt uh overall last week we did extremely badly uh i have to say um we have some chances to make it back, though, because... Uh, see, Super Week was a train wreck for everyone. Yeah, I, don't yeah, think, I, don't, was... I don't think many teams or people had any clue what was going to happen yeah. that today. As usual, go check a, check out and subscribe to the Insight on Esports CSGO channel um, if you want to look at that content. We actually have a bunch of predictions for the Blast Fall groups there, which may help us also. Um, but in the meantime, guys, uh, let's take a look at how we did, which is not well. Uh, so let's take a look right now. Obviously, we lost $1,000 on the KT Rollster, which we were hoping to get at almost 2.5 oh, odds. Game for five. Game. You almost had it. Almost. I mean, they threw also a game five. Classic KT fashion. Uh, nearly completed the reverse sweep and then threw the entire game for a Cloud Dragon. Cloud Soul, technically. Um, while I was on a watch party uh, with Crumbs, where we were looking at kind of both games, uh, I did predict uh, Vitality in the tiebreaker to beat Excel, so lost that. Um, we also, Crumbs and I put a parlay on some of the matches that we saw this past week. We missed the Cloud9. Cloud9 also had a chance to uh, beat EG, didn't actually make it. We liked the odds on that one, though, especially with EG's current form. So only got two out of the three right. So there it was. Um, did correctly pick FlyQuest over uh, TSM, lost again on that C9 one. And then CLG, we picked them over Immortals. So all of that is pretty straightforward. If we go back now to... Um, last week so let me pick pick up um on some of our our now here we go here's all the red guys this was truly tragic from the last week of of competition so if you watch competitive edge we obviously parlayed team liquid to win all of their games uh they lost to 100 thieves they threw against 100 thieves which is even more egregious this one is the 100 thieves game had we gotten that right we would have been way up on the week uh, CLG, we just took a flyer on over 100 Thieves because the odds were good. Um, SK uh, tried to take a flyer on that one versus G2. G2 obviously finished the season very strong. Vitality lost to Rogue. Um, they had good odds. They were an underdog on that one for Vitality, so we tried to take that. for that one, because everyone's going to do that thing where they now pretend, because obviously at the beginning of the split, Vitality was bad. They're all going to pretend like, oh, Vitality, you fool. <laughs> all you need to know is this. If you go and look at the Best Damn League show, which is on this channel, but the one from two weeks ago, Monty, so before this week, right. I think the title of it is, Is Vitality the Second Best LEC Team? So, like... <laughs> like the, the, that's how ridiculous the end of the split was if people don't know. Well, they they absolutely to, tanked. They yeah. lost five 
consecutive games to end the split. Um, and also G2 resurgence. We did take, you know, some underdogs. We picked Misfits over G2 as well. Um, these are all understandable. The odds were good. And it was very unlikely that we would not predict any of these correctly. Um, but it has been teams have been really streaky in the LEC. So like a, for a couple of weeks, Vitality will just win every game or XL will win every game at the start of the split and then G2 will win every game. So it's been it definitely has been a ride. We will not be predicting LEC matches this week because there are no LEC matches this weekend. Uh, those matches will be coming up next week instead. So we're going to take a bit of a deeper dive, talk about some parlays on LCK and LCS potentially, uh, talk about some kind of prop bets like Dragon and Herald, which I think could be interesting if you look at some of the statistics. And the statistics are conveniently there for you on the eSports Bet website. If you guys want to use it just for stats reasons, it's also super good for that. Um, so let's now that we've covered our immense losses, <laughs> hopefully we'll be doing better this week. But there is there is a bit of a danger because if we, um, you know, if we look at uh, the let's start with the LCK matches. Um, obviously, Dom won one, but it was in a really sloppy fashion that doesn't really encourage a lot of faith in Dom Juan, but T1 also has been a little bit shaky. And then we have Gen G. Let's start with Gen G versus Live Sandbox. Gen G selected Live Sandbox. Remember, they could have picked Dom Juan, but as uh, Wolf and I predicted on um, our show for LCK, so also on this channel, please subscribe. Um, we said, like, no matter who wins over, if it's KT or Damwon, we think that, uh, because Live Sandbox was very likely to win over DRX, we think that uh, Gen G is going to pick Live Sandbox, even though they are the higher seed and the better team, simply because either KT is on form and actually took a game, like, almost beat Gen G in their last series, and Damwon has been a very bad stylistic matchup for uh, Gen G, whereas they've kind of just hammered, they've hammered, they've hammered Live Sandbox this season they're kind of like a better version of live sandbox in that they play very aggressively early but they're a more complete team where they can also come back better from behind they also are better at playing aggressive early than live sandboxes and also you know there isn't really the same potential to exploit the top lane because like dove is not gonna do anything to doran so player for player they're basically weaker at every yeah. single position and the strength and they neutralize like, the ADC. Yeah. yeah, the strength of like aiming and Croco is like, well, ruler and peanut are just better. So where is where's the play? Like they're not winning on a team level. They're not winning you on an Prince. individual strength. You said, you said aiming, but I know you meant Prince. Oh, Prince. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. So it's like, wh where where is the edge? Like, where exactly. is it? Because if you were to look at, say, you know, uh, Live Sandbox versus Don Wonkia, you could say, well, well, Prince is better than Dokdom, right? Like, there's some edges here you could get. But they're worse as a team in terms of teamwork. They're worse individually at basically every single position. So... Also, how, mega inexperienced players. Like, I'd be <laughs> loving having these guys on stage in a big semifinal. Like, of course. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why they picked Live Sandbox. Also, there was information that came out where um, they haven't been scrimming Live for weeks now. Uh, so clearly they wanted as soon as they knew that this was the likely possibility, they just cut off all scrims with Live Sandbox uh, with the intention of picking them. So, I mean, I think we know where this one's going. Live Sandbox win winning this would be such an insane upset. It would be probably one of the greatest upsets of all time in L in LCK or Champions or Korean League of Legends playoff history. 
don't think that's but <laughs> there's only one series in this whole split that Genji lost and that was the one that we all think they threw to T1 like they're not losing to these teams and for a semi-final as you say like normally a semi-final should be at least competitive like this will probably be not very competitive at all it's probably 3-0 let's be real maybe Liv can win one game but they didn't win in either a game in either of the best of threes that they played previously so you know Perhaps, perhaps not. <laughs> perhaps not. Like, I, I think that one is, is it's it's hard. I think it's very, very hard to to go ahead and say that they are going to take this game. Now, that is not to say that we can't make certain predictions that may come true here. Um, in general, uh, as a team, Live Sandbox have been doing more of a, a herald priority overall. Um, than than most or, or uh, dragon priority, excuse me, uh, than most other teams. Like they tend to play around the bottom side because that's where they get prince ahead, right? Um, so their herald percentage is pretty low. Now Genji is only at about fifty percent herald percentage, but Liv Sandbox is the lowest in LCK at thirty eight percent because Dove is just an extreme weak side player, right? Um, they have the Lift Sandbox has the highest overall dragon percentage and the highest first dragon percentage, whereas Gen G is not that far behind them. So I feel like in this matchup, perhaps the dragon is more of a toss up, but we can look at some of the statistics on the site. So let me pull that up right now. Um, and you can see right now, this represents the last 25 games of play. And we're looking at uh, we're looking at Live Sandbox, and they have first dragon sixty eight percent of the time on blue side and sixty four percent of the time on red side. So it's about sixty five, sixty six percent of the time overall, um, depending on how many games they played on red and blue. Because it's best of three, it won't always be equal, etc. Um, so the dragon priority has been real, but the herald percentage, while it's been higher on red side, has been very, 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 very low on blue side. Uh, and we can compare that real quick by taking a look at Gen G. And you can see that in a lot of their games, first dragon percent is slightly lower at 57%, and the first herald percent on average across both sides is higher. Now, if I had to guess how this match is going to be played, uh, I would say that probably uh, Lift Sandbox is very predictable playing around that bot side. I would say that probably we are going to see more of that play happening around topside for Gen G because I think they will think that this matchup is exploitable or at least that Harold is free uh, more or less in this matchup. Uh, so I would say that uh, we should take a look at some of like the first Harold first dragon priority. And First Dragon's basically dead even across these two teams right now at 1.845 for Gen G to 1.858 for Sandbox. And let me find the first Herald Eye is uh, definitely 1.442 favored towards Gen G, um, which which I think makes sense, given what we know from both of these teams. Now, obviously, a lot of this depends on composition because lane priority tends to play into these things. Um, but I am pretty comfortable saying that we are going to go ahead and see the first Herald Eye for Gen G. I don't know about bot side um, because that feels like more of a toss up. 
But the other thing we could talk about is G themselves are going to want the dragon too. So it's like it's not right. like they're giving it up. Like, oh, we right. take Harold, you take dragon. No, they're going to take it all. Right. And and if you do look at first tower, another another strong indication is because if you think the first herald is going to go to a specific team, that can follow obviously to to have a first tower. Um. And Genji does have the highest percentage of getting first towers. So there's a re very real world where they pick an aggressive matchup in the top side, play around top side, get Herald, and then try and shut down Dove early on and take that first turret. So I'm going to go ahead and put another 500 on first tower uh, for Genji, especially because Genji tends to prioritize first tower over first dragon. Whereas, like, I feel like Live Sandbox is more likely to say, Okay, if they're playing around topside, we're going to push out. We're going to go ahead and take that first dragon. So these are some interesting parlays that we can, or prop bets rather, that we can make on these games. Thinking about the matchups and thinking about these these uh, statistics that that are uh, freely available for you on the esports bet website. Um, also, by the way, if you're someone who only watches typically Western regions and you're thinking like what carry champions you got you have to realize like they're playing the renekton and they play like fucking what else like trying to obviously they have uh akali's <laughs> one fucking i think so there was a yone game recently yeah. like they they play a lot more in korea if the if the, the way you have to realize that like, lec top lane pool is not that great at the moment so we have like the west looks like it's just on and nar and scion or <laughs> like it's not like that in lck they will play the carry champs yeah, and especially Doran. Uh, Doran's played several like really good top lane. Sure. Like he's been very versatile playing both strong side and weak side. Uh, he's had a very good split. So uh, I would if if I was game planning for this and I was Gen G, I would definitely be playing into the biggest mismatch, which is going to be Doran versus uh, versus Dove. Um, and I, I can only assume that's one of the major reasons why they even selected Live Sandbox as an opponent in the first place. Now. It is interesting because obviously Damwon Kia played Birdall in, in the matchup versus KT instead of Noguri, which was that came out of left field for sure. <laughs> um, it's Damwon Kia continues to be mystifying. Like, why don't you play Bible and Noguri instead of Helen and Birdall? But they have the script. People haven't they seen have the script data. Here. We don't. Because <laughs> Korea is this hilarious, even though. They could still win the championship. They can even win worlds. The fans are asking for the coach of that one to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even over. Like, it's still totally fine. You can still win. Everything. That's so weird, Monty. Like, it's, it's I'd get it if they'd failed the playoffs. You know, that almost makes sense. Like, that's so weird to me. Because the joke is, if people don't know, that Dally guy, who, by the way, the T1 fans in the opposite direction did be hired instead of LS, if you remember, and got fired after that first split last year. He's the guy who went back to down one, and now they want him fired as well. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, listen, it is a weird team, but fuck it all. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, the, the, whole, the whole thing with Damaki is just so confusing right now. Like, I get why they're mad, but, like, I don't know... It's very difficult to diagnose Dom One Kia from the outside looking in because everything is so fucking weird and they're so unpredictable. And like they were not like in spite of what the odds said, they were definitely not the favorite for that oh, KT no, series, no. which is why we predicted KT. Like had the odds been even, I probably, as we discussed, the veterancy of the Dom One player probably hey, would have yeah. pushed me over to Dom One. Uh, but yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. You know, on so many insights, I referenced that, like, amazing Lee Sim player that Canyon made. Yep. The joke is, that's probably made people on Reddit think he's still, like, the best jungler in the world. Or something. It's like, he's not even the best jungler in LCK, mate. Like, he's he's had some really bad games this split. <laughs> so that's down one, though. Obviously, you can trip over and just do that every now and then. Yeah. Showmaker's still good as well, to be fair. He's still fucking pretty good. 
I think if they play more into like his style, it could be successful. But yeah, it's it's been rough. Like uh, this, the the consistency just hasn't been there for for Don Juan Kia overall, and that has caused a lot of problems for them because like who can they rely on to carry these games, and what yeah, style exactly. do they want to play? They've yeah. been kind of like Team Liquid in that regard, where it's like they have so many good you know good on paper players. But they haven't been able to settle on a style that works for them as a unit, and they've lacked kind of strong mid and late game shot calling that can utilize these players in the best way possible. Uh, w- uh, as we as we move on to the other LCK match, obviously T1 is going to be a favorite here. There's a world where we put a flyer onto Damwon Kia at nearly 3.0 odds. It's not like T1 has been super good. Um, However, some of the matches that they lost, like the game that they lost to Live Sandbox in the last week of competition, their last week of matches didn't matter at all for their records. So I don't know how much we should read into those. But they also came yeah, the back. The for a favorite are also pretty good. So you can go either way on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think we par- regardless, we parlay it with Gen G because Gen G is just so, so much of a favor- favorite that you might as well just m- multiply the T1 odds by that. But one of one of the factors here is like, okay, so they bounce back and they they come back and they start playing with Draven and Samira. And where T1 has been the most successful has been on way, lane winning early game 80 carries. Um, it, in spite of Gumiyusha being questionable on Kalista throughout most of this split, that they look more dominant and more in control when th- these factors are met. Uh, even though Zayas has been playing more tanks. Um, I, I don't know how Birdall is necessarily going to match up. If he uh, Maybe it's Nogarian in this series. Like We really just don't fucking know who is even going to play this. I think it would be kind of psychotic from, da, from Damon Kia to want to play Birdall, scrim all week with Birdall, and in the same week, two to two, three days later, turn around and, and play with Nogari. Like, that seems like a really bad plan uh, it, because it disrupts your entire practice, and like Nogari probably hasn't been practicing with the main roster. So I, th- I think we can assume Birdall is going to be in on this match as well. Uh, one thing about T1 is that they really, even with the dragon changes, they haven't really shifted their priority away from Herald. Whereas like Damon Key is kind of one of the lower Herald priority teams. T1 is in the kind of upper echelons of, of Herald priority. As you can see here, like Herald 72% of the time on blue side, 48% of the time on red side. Um, overall, they, they're going to be much more Herald focused. And frankly, Damwon Kia kind of sucks at early game objectives in general. Uh, when we when we look at Damwon Kia, their first dragon rate is actually lowest in the league, but T1 also doesn't really prioritize it, so I'm not super comfortable about that one. Whereas their herald percentage, they're 46% compared to 63% on the split for um, uh, for T1. So as we as we pull this up, I think we do. I think we do create a parlay with the Gen G win. <laughs> so bear with me for a moment, guys. I think we do create a parlay with the Gen G win. Uh, because that's the only way to get winner's value out of this, which is 1.639, which is like not bad. So we can put a thousand onto that. And obviously the key point is if you tie that with what we said, the other semifinals were the most ridiculous mismatches probably ever in the history of LCK. So what you mean what you basically do is just juicing the odds up. Now we only basically need the T1 one to happen, right? 
Right. And you're the ones that almost guarantee it feels like. It's not because Live Sandbox is bad. Live Sandbox might be the second best team in Korea right now. Like, that's an argument you can absolutely make at this point well, in time. If me and you were selecting, we would have swapped it around and a damn one player fucking Gen G and Live play T1. That would make that, that would what you do for the match, right? If you were Vincent Mann. Um, yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is that the matchup is bad because because of styles uh, for Live Sandbox and also Genji is just so much better than all of the rest of the teams in this league that it is it's hard to to make that justification. So I will say uh, first, let's check a look at first Herald. I 1.71 is or 72 is actually very good for T1. So we'll put 750 on first Herald for T1. Considering, like I said, they remain pretty focused on, on the first Herald overall. Um, yeah, I mean, that that feels that feels pretty good. Um, and by the way, you know, as you watch the best of five, you can continue to create like the same predictions if if the comps are are bearing out as you think they might. Uh, and Korea is super classic for if a comp wins and the other team doesn't look like they can solve it, they'll just run that every game. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? Yeah, you just run it back. Um, so just just double up your bets, just do them the same again <laughs> the next time if it works. Basically, that would be probably the logical way to do it. Yeah. Um, I think there is some level of justification for putting a flyer on Damwon Kia here. Again, you just never know when they're going to snap into form. So at almost three to one odds, you you could do that. But I just think T1 is, Damwon is just, there's too many flaws. And as flawed as T1 is, they at least have a style that they know they're good at. Whereas I don't think Damwon knows that they are good at any particular style. So it feels rather random when they do win these games, whereas like you can see at least a, a win condition on paper. Now, this may turn into a bunch of Draven bands, which it should turn into for Damo. Like they should absolutely do that. But there are still some fringe picks like the Samira that may come out that can kind of propel T1 over the top. And I think if they use Zayas better, uh, they may have those opportunities as well. Also worth noting that LCK was only on 1214 for one week. So now T1 will have had an entire week to prepare on this patch without having another match to prepare for, like Damwon Kia. It's hard because the quarterfinals and semifinals happen in the same week for some reason in Korea. So, like, you know, T1 is just going to have much more leeway and time to practice and get comfortable with the picks and scout opponents. Whereas, you know, Damwon Kia had to all in on on prepping for KT, and now they have to turn around on a very short basis. And, and uh, you know, you lose a day of scrims also because you're on stage. So the whole thing is, uh, it, it's harder. It's harder for to win coming out of coming out of quarterfinals. You don't have the, the luxury of time. Ugh. All right, with that said, let's shift our focus over to the two LCS games that are happening. These are uh, both going to be upper bracket games. Uh, so the winners are not out between the third through sixth place teams. As you can see below me right now, odds on Team Liquid over FlyQuest, not incredible. Um, I think that is probably accurate. You could see FlyQuest taking a game or two in this series, but there are just some really big mismatches. Like as good as Takui has been, Bjergsen is never bad. He's just not impactful. Uh, Bwipo should absolutely body a rookie like Philip, especially in his current form. Uh, and the bot lane, at least, has kind of gotten their shit together and looks semi-dangerous right now. If anything, you fault Team Liquid for not being able to convert early game leads like they did against EG. But the question is, is, like, is FlyQuest going to be as good at late game macro as 
evil geniuses? And the answer is no. So we're, you know, I think they take a game here. I don't think it's a 3-0, but I just don't see, especially with a rookie like Phillip being in a playoff series against Bwipo in current form with Bwipo's versatility, how this exactly goes into FlyQuest's, you know, victory column. What do you think? It's also a complete landslide with all the intangibles, like all the experiences on the team liquid side, <laughs> all the championships, all the wins, all the fucking like th- this is the joke is for the FlyQuest players. For most of them, this is the biggest match of their whole life. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, like in a in the Hollywood movie, when it's the biggest match of your life, you play your best game. In reality, you probably shit your pants and don't do well in a couple of games or start <laughs> slow or something. That's just reality, I'm afraid. That's just reality. <laughs> Yeah, and and I do think like FlyQuest. This is gonna may sound weird, but I do think they have like maybe slightly better macro or teamwork in the late game. But Team Liquid's early game has been really good, um, even when they were bad. This split, like it, again, it was it was them throwing most of the time and not anything else. But outside of the throw against EG, they it seems it feels like they've gotten most of their throws under control, um, and. I, I think, like, you still have to take Team Liquid here. And unfortunately, there's... It just no- shows you how the split was dodgy, Monty. Because if I just said to you, the bo- you can get 1.258 odds on Team Liquid to win a best That's of five years. Right? You just snap my hand off instantly, wouldn't you? Like, the joke <laughs> is, well, how could you even construct the scenario of FlyQuest wins? So even though, look, the split does mean it's more plausible, those are still incredible odds to get for a TL best of five win. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, also, there's not really a good prop bet here uh because i guess like team liquid's very good at taking first turret so we'll do a first turret one they have 78 percent on the split compared to 47 percent for FlyQuest, but they're very similar in terms of herald and dragon priority um they're very similar in first blood percentage so some of these things that we may look at and think about um, first turret's a good one because yeah, for example a good, a good I could easily see Bwipo just play like a psycho even from game one and just try to take yeah, play a top range, as soon like as possible yeah. or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. him yeah, and Santoro will just be ganking top all the time no could. doubt yeah so there there isn't really you know the odds are almost 1.6 so it's not terrible we'll go ahead and put 750 onto uh, first turret for team liquid again we're just trying to find value because 1.258 is just not worth it really, uh, when it comes to the overall match uh, winner. Um, The other one is probably the most interesting and volatile one, which is going to be Cloud9 versus CLG. Uh, The issue with this is quite clearly that CLG has the best teamwork. Um, They play a very early game aggressive play style. They like to snowball like damage lanes like Yone Top. Uh, we are definitely, by the way, going to be putting First Blood onto uh, onto CLG here because as it stands right now, First Blood, CLG is 67%, number one in the league. Cloud9 is 32% last in the league, so we will definitely be predicting the First Blood from CLG. Uh, makes sense. The main issue for Cloud9 is that while they've had some pretty good early games, they have really, their shot calling in the mid and late game has been more or less terrible. Um they they get lost. Um, they none of their players seem to have activated at the right time. Um, they draft team compositions that have single threats, like we saw. Like I don't know what Jensen's doing. Like he doesn't play Silas. He wants to play LeBlanc. Um, I don't think that's the best way for Cloud Nine or 
most teams to play this meta, as we discussed on Summoning Insight this week, even if there are theoretical advantages, making those advantages real is much harder. Uh, maybe they've learned in, in the time off, but Palafox, you know, frankly, has been a more effective mid laner than Jensen for the most part this split. Um, Fudge has been done well or randomly inted. I don't like Fiora in North America, and he seems to prefer this champion quite a bit. Um, Dokla can also throw, though, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. The question is, do we think that CLG's better teamwork and better ability to snowball games outpaces the fact that on paper, C9 has a better roster? <laughs> the problem with this is, I actually think the odds are a bit too low for C9. You know what I mean? Like, that's the issue. I know what you mean. If I'm picking who's going to win the series, I'd probably say Cloud9. Like, for example, I'd assume someone like Jensen will just play like one half times better than he did before in the regular split. Like, they'll have a couple, they'll probably have a better draft strategy for the best of five. But I have to say, like, the odds for CLG, like, that's right in the wheelhouse where a, a tiny flyer might be worth it. Yeah, I, they are at almost 2.5 right now. So I agree. And as you say, like just I tested the better team. I think this is probably 55% favored to Cloud9. Again, based yeah, off fair. of veteran experience. Yes. Um, well, you can say a lot of these players have been around for a long time, and that's true. They've been mostly playing in Academy, uh, right? Like, it's not like, you know, these players are new to playing League of Legends or new to playing within a team, but they are new to playing on a, on a stage of team, uh, like a good team, <laughs> uh, you know, on a, on a stage this big. Yeah, uh, that's, that's of course. Uh, so I would say I think it's probably more likely that C9 wins this series than CLG. We will yes. go ahead and put maybe 500 here onto CLG. We've got done very well this season with CLG at like 2.5 yeah, yeah, or great. 3 odds. So yep. you never know. They actually have overcome this many, many times before. And again, first blood. Holy moly. That's actually insane that CLG has the better odds for game one first blood. That's a that's a value pick right there. We'll do 750 on on first blood to CLG. Again, it's top of the top of the league for first blood versus uh lowest in the league for first blood. And CLG's players just randomly int. Or it's Cloud9's players ra rather just like randomly in. Like remember well, the the like fudge kale game? Like that's just sometimes they just give you first blood in a 1v1 for absolute free. Um so they have struggled getting that kind of early, early game advantage. Um, when it comes to other factors here, uh, first turret for Cloud9 is, you know, it's a little bit lower than CLG, but it, it's not like a giant noticeable difference. Um, same thing with most of it. First Dragon, now Cloud9 has been actually focusing on Dragon uh, pretty heavily. They have the highest percentage of total Dragons, highest percentage of first Dragons. Um, but it's still, you know, within about 10% or so of CLG, which is a lot of this stuff is really just going to be focused on what, what is the composition that is happening? So it's hard to make these predictions because a lot of this is going to be composition based, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to teams that are so close, right? It's not like here's a 30% gap between these two things where this team routinely drafts in a way, routinely plays in a way where they prioritize this objective. It's just, it's not that clear um, with either of these. So harder, harder to do that. Uh, do we, do we dare to take a small parlay on, uh, on both of the winners, TL and CLG? What, what would the odds be for that? Uh, pretty good, actually. 
uh, CLGs so high. It's going to uh, be like what? 3.104. Six 3.10. Yeah, it's only two matches. So. Okay. We'll, we'll how, take it. How, what size are we talking here? Oh, no. We're, we'll, we'll do a small. 250. Like 100 or small. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, do 200 on, we'll do 200 on this one. How about that? And you know what? While we're at it, we'll see if we can predict every match this week. Let's parlay absolutely everything. I think we're unlikely to get this correct because probably, again, I think the C9 one is the, the most difficult one. Uh, but Dom one also has like, you know, they have that shot. So all of our all of our supposed all the ones we, we like this week, we will go ahead and put into one five point zero eight nine. Uh, when we multiply all of those together, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll put two hundred. Obviously, the rewards will be the rewards will be a thousand. We Cloud Nine will ruin that for us, of course. Though <laughs> they don't, Dama will. So one, one way or the other. One way or the other. Let's just say, uh, not super confident in that one. Um, okay. Well, that, that shows how you can uh, use the eSports bet website to take a look at some of these statistics and, and try and find these prop bets within the games, even if the odds aren't super good. Uh, we'll be back next week with, obviously, the LCK Finals, which will be the last LCK game of the split, uh, further LCS, and then the first round of LEC playoffs. Remember to subscribe to our channel, guys. Thanks a lot. See you then.